0: Let's just be still, just in His presence. His Holy Spirit is here. The Word of God says that the Spirit of God dwells in the praises of His people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we wanna thank you for your presence it's here with us right now, Father. I love that lyric, Lord, that you took us by the hand and you marched us out into freedom, Lord God. I'm amazed, Lord, from the fact that here is a God who would come in pursuit of his people and he would lead us into freedom. And so, Lord God, we just pray now that your Holy Spirit will keep stirring and leading us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue just pouring our eyes towards christ and so i'm going to get you to start, take a seat and we're going to do that through communion and for our church that are watching online as well um, we just want to welcome you and we want you to be a part of this as well and so i'm going to give you an opportunity if you haven't got anything at the moment run raid the fridge whatever you can find uh, and come and join us as a church here you would have received just a, a little package as you you came in through the doors and you can start preparing them now and that's just a little piece of bread and just a little bit of juice good luck getting into it but this is what I love about communion communion allows us to stop in the busyness of life in whatever our pursuits are whatever situations you may be facing right now And it turns our eyes to the very thing, the very person where life and humanity can find its true bearing. And that's Christ. That's Jesus. And this is why Jesus did this with his disciples. To recalibrate, to refocus, to let them know it isn't about them, but it's about Christ and Christ alone you know, the Bible tells us that we actually walked away from God. I walked away from God and I went on my own pursuit and navigated life the way I thought I should. But Ephesians 2 actually says that God who is so rich in mercy, even when we're against Him, when we're off doing our own stuff, actually sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross in place of me, in place of you, so then we could know forgiveness of sins and be in right relationship with God. Oh, we're in the middle of a missions conference at the moment. We're coming to the end of it. And my mind was brought to the fact there is religions, there is people constantly trying to reach a God, trying to do all these things. And even at the end of that, they don't even know if they've reached God. But the Bible tells us because of Christ, because of Jesus, we have unlimited access to God because He's forgiven us. And if we accept that forgiveness, we can approach the throne of grace boldly tonight. And we realise that this isn't by our good deeds, this is by Christ and Christ alone. And you know what? It means you are purchased into the most incredible heritage. I I want you to hear what Romans 8 says. If you're at home, listen, listen to this. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? I love this, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for His own, no one. For God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. For God Himself has done that. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Nothing. And I love what it says here, verse 37. Known despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Isn't that an incredible heritage tonight that if you've come to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you have an amazing heritage. You have a God who's for you, not against you. A God whose love for you is not dependent on your good deeds or your good days. But nothing can separate us from the love of God. And this is what God was talking about. This is what Jesus was talking about when He had His disciples. He says, I'm doing a new covenant with you, people. And so this is what it says. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took some bread and He broke it. And he says, this represents my body that will be given for you. I want you to eat this and remember of me. And then he took the cup. He said, this is my blood. This is a sign of the new covenant, the forgiveness of sins, meaning you don't come with your good deeds. You just come and accept my forgiveness. You ask of God for forgiveness and he'll forgive you and you can have right standing with God. And so we're gonna do that right now. I'm gonna get you just to spend a bit of time now just eat the bread, thank God for what He has done on the cross. Maybe this will be a time for you to maybe ask the Holy Spirit to look into your heart and say, point out anything in my life that I need to give back to you. And then in a few moments, we'll drink the cup together as a sign of our unity in Jesus. Will you do that right now? stand with me and we're going to drink together as a sign of our unity, our salvation found in Jesus Christ alone, will you do that Jesus thank you so much for dying on a cross for us, shedding your blood that we will know forgiveness of sin. And I want to thank you, you didn't stay on that cross, but you rose again three days later, victorious, physical death could not hold you down. And Lord, that was a promise that then you can deal with our, our sin. And so Lord, we want to give you all praise, all honour and glory. And may your name be lifted high above every other name, right across every nation we ask. In Jesus' name. Let's keep worshipping.
1: To mention I'm actually going to introduce our speaker tonight, which it's such a privilege to introduce this speaker, uh, because he's one of the newest reverends here in this church. And uh, can you give a huge hand? Don't do it half-hearted, like you know, like a pastor welcome to a reverend welcome. Let's give him a big welcome, <laughs> Reverend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, thank you. It's going to take a little bit to get used to that. I think Um, just Andrew is just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, It's been a great day and um, God is good. For me personally, it's just been a day to, every now and then you have these moments in life where you can look back and say, thank you, God. I mean, thank you so much for what you've done in my my life, in my heart. Um, I said this morning, if you had seen me as an 18-year-old, you would see the grace of God at work in what he does in human hearts and lives. And I just want to say thank you to God. Uh, It's great to be sharing with you online as well. If you're listening online, this is part of our missions conference. Um, It's it's great to be sharing. And tonight, I want to share about purpose, Uh, our purpose. This week, I was actually thinking around a few things that we use in life that we actually are unaware of the fullness of their purpose. I don't know when you've had, if you've ever had, that aha moment where, like, oh, that's how it works. That's why it was do- designed in that way. Uh, just a, just a few examples for you: uh, the common stapler. Um, I've used this for a long time, but you know, until this week, I had no idea what that little plate there is for. Um, If you push this and then spin it around, It actually helps you staple thicker documents. If I had a thick document, I would staple it and I would realize it's not going through. So I'd take that out and I'd staple it again, but I'd push really hard and really smash it and it still wouldn't go through. So then I would staple it, flip it, and put it through the back and it's still not fully stapled. But the creator, the designer of this, made this little plate to help us in those moments. The common Tic Tac, um, I hadn't had Tic Tacs for ages, but my children, of someone at school said, gave them Tic Tacs, that was the first time they got them, they love Tic Tacs. Now when I give out Tic Tacs, I'd often just put a hand out, you'd shake it and you wouldn't know how many would come out. You would get four and you're like, do I give them four or do they just want one? Um, I mean, what do I do? But little did I know until this week, um, the designer of the Tic Tac packet, you, you turn it upside down like this and you open it And there is, sorry, it's still not working. I'll talk to him about that design. But next time you open it, you'll see there's a little capsule here to hold one tic-tac if you open it in that way. So there you go, there's a design that I had no idea about. Now, I'm gonna move to the kitchen now. There might be more than one reason why I didn't know how these kitchen implements work. Um, Some of you might be a lot more aware, but, Pasta, you know, you eat um, pasta and you get it out after it's cooked. I thought you would just ladle it out and there's this little hole there, right, that just lets water out is what I thought. But this hole, I didn't know. When you get pasta, you put pasta in that before you cook it and that is one serve of pasta. Who knew that? I don't know, I don't know. Maybe you guys all know these things. These are new to me. I'm embarrassing myself if that's the case. Finally, um, the saucepan. Um, you know, some people, I've just got to get rid of my tic-tacs here, um, some people might put in their kitchen, they might hang that, but who hangs um, saucepans? Some might, sorry if you do, but we don't, they go in the drawer. So, so what is this hole all about? Like when I cook soup, rarely, but I'll, I would um, stir it and then I would just put this on the bench and pumpkin soup is just all over the bench, right? Did you know that this hole is there that you can put your spoon there that you don't have to dirty the bench. There you go. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew all of these purposes in these things? We were unaware of them. I was unaware of them. And you know what? That's fine when it's a saucepan, when it's a stapler, when it's a tic-tac. But tonight I want to talk about the purpose of your life. Have you you ever thought of why do you exist? Why do you exist? What is the purpose of your life? I'm speaking to a lot of young people here. This is a great question to ask. Not only why do you exist, what is the purpose of your life, but do you know that there was a creator of your life that with thought and intention has created you in a specific and special way for purpose? You know, our world is crying out for purpose. You you just look at depression, you look at suicide, you look at so many things, um, self-worth, self-esteem in our world. Our world is crying out for purpose. And tonight I want to share that God has created us for the, the best purpose you could ever know ever know life fully in him with purpose. So we're gonna look, if you wanna know uh, what's, if something has purpose or where to find that purpose, you'd go straight to its creator. So we wanna go straight to the word of God as we look at this topic. And I wanna specifically speak about just one verse, Ephesians 2.10, but I'm gonna read um, the whole passage that comes from here, read with me. But as we read this, I want one thing Uh, for us to notice, and that is how much of this is God's work, God's initiative toward us in this passage. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. There you go, we, dead. How much are we gonna do? Not much in that state. You were dead in your transgressions and sin, which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, of, um, like the rest we were by nature's deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God's great love. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. So you see that death to life, who did it? All God's work. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. Grace, a free gift. And God raised us up in Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, through trusting him. This is not from yourself. This is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Not by works, not by anything we will do, so no one can boast. And then this is the verse I want to focus on tonight. For we are God's handiwork. Another translation will say, for we are God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So let's look at this passage. And first, I just want to look, or just at this verse for we are God's handiwork, we are God's masterpiece. Have you ever thought of yourself as a masterpiece? I mean, if you look at the human body and how it's designed, it is incredible. It is a masterpiece. But you specifically are a masterpiece. Isaiah 64, eight uh, gives the, the, the picture of a potter and clay. It says, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Can you just imagine that picture? Someone with pottery clay just fashioning it and making it according to their purposes or plans, the artist at work. When we look at this, that we see this throughout the scriptures that, that God is this uh, creator and he had us in mind even before we were created. In, in a moment, I'm gonna speak about this piece of art. And if you can imagine that as a blank canvas, the, the artist has in mind, it comes from their mind and their heart, what comes out there. Similarly, you were on the mind of God before you were even born. He had specific plans for you, He wanted to create you. Read um, Psalm 139. He says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. This is Psalm praising God, thanking God. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. There was another translation. You were knitted together in your mother's womb. You saw me before I was born. Even before you were born, God's intention was there. He knew you. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, every moment was laid out before a single day. Has passed. God had you in mind and created you specifically. This is the word that God gave the prophet Jeremiah. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Do you see that? He's saying to Jeremiah, God is saying to Jeremiah, I knew you. I set you apart and I had a specific purpose for your life. And I want to tell you today, God has similarly created you and he wants to set you apart. I I look at you now, I see amazing potential. You are not an accident. God has created you with specific purposes and wants to set you apart for his purposes In this world, even Paul understood. He wrote it um, this way. First, he speaks about his his life before knowing Jesus. He said, "You know know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion. How I violently persecuted the church. I did my best to destroy it. It was far ahead of my. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors." And then he says, "But even before I was born, God chose me." and called me by his marvellous grace and was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might preach among the Gentiles. Then there again we see Paul has this knowledge that God knew him before he was born, God chose him and set him apart for a specific task and plan. So if we go to a piece of art here, a creator. This has been created by one of the artists in our church, uh, Diminna, and I asked her a little bit about it. I said, where did the, the vision come from? It's come from your mind and come out into this. And she said, well, it's, the, the, it's actually representing Psalm 1. It's got a, a river here, the water of life, she said. There's the light, the light of God comes into it. And there's a tree that is planted beside the river bank. And in that Psalm, it talks about dry times and drought, but the, the tree is planted beside the river it it gives it um, life even in the tough times that is her purpose and as she painted that every little um, brush stroke had purpose and similarly in your life when God thought about you he has created you specifically I love studying people and just watching people Some of you are amazing at technology. Some of you will know Ashton Lind. I watched him last night as we ran the conference. He has an ability and with technology and the streaming and the website that it blows my mind. That is the way he has been gifted. I would never be able to do that. Some of you are amazing with numbers. Some of you are amazing with words. Some of you are amazing with people. When you meet people, they just feel loved by you. Some of you are athletic. Some of you are not. Some of you are smart. Some of you are practical. But you are created differently, and there is not one person in this world like you. There is no one that can live the purposes that God has created you for. No one in this world. Do you know that? And God has said, you are my masterpiece. As an artist would just purposely create this, he has done that with you as well. For his purposes. And you will find the fullness of life when you join him in those purposes. I remember this moment when I was working with OM on one of the ships over um, in Spain. And we used to go out, and we would take a soccer ball. We'd go to the beach or a park, and we just uh, a whole heap of us just gather, play soccer on the beach, and just welcome anyone who wanted to come. And then, as we would do that, look, we were a unique bunch—people from lots of different nations. We would stop at the end and say, "Hey, let me just introduce myself. I'm Andrew from Australia. I'm Andre from Brazil. I'm Craig from Scotland." And then someone would just share their testimony. This afternoon we were running around for an hour or two playing soccer and someone shared their testimony. I walked away from there and I thought, God, this is awesome. I am fully alive. I love sport. I love getting out doing this. I love being with um, with people. Uh, This is when I am fully alive. And you will probably have moments like that when you connect your passion, your gifts, what God has made you for, and you are doing that for God's purpose. You will feel fully alive. That's what God has created us for. But I want to tell you, there is an enemy for you, uh, stopping you uh, fulfilling the fullness of your purpose. In the Garden of Eden, God had created Adam and Eve, and he stepped back from creation, he said it's good, and he stepped back from creating um, a man, he said it it is um, very good, he said. But then there was a moment when the evil one, Satan, came to Adam and Eve and tempted them to eat of the fruit of the tree of um, knowledge of good and evil. And as he did this, Adam and Eve had a choice. Do I trust God, our creator, or, or do we go our own way and we, do we want to be like God and find life outside of what he has for us? And as they made that fatal choice, the the Bible said "Like death, the, the, the consequences of that were death. Physically, yes, all of humanity now dies physically, but spiritually, as it says here, they were dead. And so we have this sense that God's masterpiece, his creation has been impacted by sin where humanity said, oh, we'll just go our own way and, and Satan comes in and says, well, now you're on your own, advi- to your own devices, like it, it's all up to you. I mean, to answer these big questions, you take God out of the picture, what are you left? You're left with looking to other humans, you're looking to human wisdom, you're, you're listening to the voice of Satan, you're saying, oh, well, am I really loved? Well, I, I don't know if I'm really loved because sometimes love's all about performance and I'm not sure if I'm quite good enough and... Now we think that no, we're not a masterpiece. Well, I'm not a masterpiece at all. And, you know, the sin and the selfishness of others hurts us, whether it be their words and lies that they've spoken over us, whether it's their actions. And maybe it's um, how we fa- find fulfillment in life. So, well, outside of God, I'm looking for fulfillment in all sorts of other ways that really don't fulfill it all. And then we're left with this question like, God, I feel separated from you. I don't feel like a masterpiece. I don't feel close to you because you're out of the picture and I'm just left with the lies of this world, the wisdom of this world to try and find my way, to try and find my purpose in life. And the masterpiece that God has created, the relationship that he has created for us has been damaged, it's been distorted. But praise God in this verse. Oh, sorry, before I go there, sorry. And that, that has distorted us personally, but across the world, because in, we're in the mission conference, I want, I want to speak to you a little bit about the effect of how humanity now on their own devices tries to find their way to God, And I mentioned a little bit as I was painting there, like in our culture, it's often around performance. And this week I read about Michael Phelps. Some of you might know the swimmer, Michael Phelps. He, he is the most decorated Olympian of all time. Some would say the greatest athlete of all time. 28 gold medals he won. And on reflection after a poor performance, in depression, he said... He nearly con- well he contemplated suicide. He said this, "I thought the world would just be better off without me. I figured that was the best thing to do just to end my life." Humanity left to our own devices trying to find fulfillment, trying to find purpose, often in performance in our culture, falling short is nothing for us. And here's the most decorated athlete of all time, decorated Olympian of all time, contemplating suicide. In other cultures, let me just say in the Muslim culture, there's 1.8 billion people. I don't know if we've got that photo of them praying, but 1.8 billion people praying every day, getting on their knees in religious activity, trying to please God and to wonder if they are loved by God. 1.8 billion people and if i i've spoken to them i said if you die will will allah accept you they're like we don't know we just keep working keep doing the best we can and maybe just maybe they'll do enough to get to know god or to be loved by god there are buddhist people in the himalayas like if we could just go there, i'd love just for all of us to watch this that walk around a temple with their prayer wheels, particularly in their retirement, they might walk for, we've got it there, for eight hours a day with a prayer wheel, praying that in the next life they would come back in a better form of reincarnation than what they were. This is the lies of the evil one distorting the purposes that these people were created for. This week we, we heard some of the evil practices that are happening in, in like the culture of India where if the, the, the wife of a man dies before him, she is seen as cursed. Previously, go back a few years, and that, that woman would be burnt alongside her husband because of an evil belief that's come in that that, that in some way would please God. You know, there's even human sacrifices in different parts of the world, all affect the effect of sin and the evil one distorting and taking away what God has originally created. But as I said in in this verse, the great news is that Jesus has come. It says, in Christ Jesus, we are created to do these good works. And Jesus has come Jesus died on the cross that we would have life, that the sin would be taken away. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, God made him who had no sin. Jesus, who is fully perfect, fully holy, he made him sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the good news of Jesus. This is God's way for man to be made right with God, for that relationship to be restored. And the beauty of that is you know, God's way or the, the, the way of Jesus is God coming to us. In all of these other religions or ways in this world, it's always man trying to make their way up to God, but God has come. God has come to take away your sin. God has come to restore his plans for your life. God has come to recreate in you a new heart. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, says anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, all the sin and the brokenness of our heart is gone and the new has come. He promises us a new heart. Some of you might wonder, how does that work? How does God come into our life? The Bible also speaks about it being, being born again. People are born again when they put their trust in Jesus. The clearest illustration I have of this is when I was a chaplain at a high school in Stanthorpe. This 13-year-old girl that I used to teach, she was in my science classes, Tanika. And she came from a really tough background. Like a, a, her mum was really sick, it was just hard, I don't think they had a lot of money. But she was a student that would never come with her books. She would always be late. She was smaller and probably on the outer with all the kids, bullied to a degree. Um, but Tanika began to come to the youth group for, for a while. And then one weekend, we had this um, band um, come to Stanthorpe, and had this Christian concert there, and Tanika came, lots of people from the school came. And on the Monday after that weekend, she came into my office and said, um, Andrew, something happened to me at that concert. And my first thoughts were, oh, no. <laughs> well, there's some pretty rough people there at that concert. What's happened? She's been bullied. Something's happened. But she said, you know, when that, Guy spoke about Jesus and told me about having a relationship with Jesus. I took what they had and I went back to my bed that night and I thought about it and I knelt beside my bed and I gave my life to Jesus. And she rocked up in my office and she said, Everything is different. My eyes are now open. I look at creation and I see God, like I see God in creation. My relationship with my mom, my my dad, my my family has changed. And this is in the space of two days. This is what God does when he comes into our hearts. This is the idea of of someone being dead, being brought back to life, being born again. And rather than this, we get a new heart and we're created afresh, created anew with the spirit of God in us. That is the good news for this world. That is why we, you know, I I think about 1.8 billion Muslims that do not know this message. This is incredible news. This is good news for everyone that's listening to me, but it is good news for the whole world. And tonight, God says to us that he has created us specifically for this purpose to share this good news with the rest of the world. If we look at verse 10 there, it says... Um, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. You know, there there are specific tasks that God has set before you. Tomorrow as you, you roll out of bed, if you are in Christ, you're in Jesus, you are following him. He has particular things for you to do for him that day that you can experience with him. It's like an adventure in a sense. God with you, going with you wherever you are. And in that, there is the same question that Adam and Eve were asked. Here is God's created your life. He's created you specifically and uniquely. And he says, will you trust me? I want to ask each one of us here tonight, will you trust God with your life? Will you trust God with the gifts that he has given you? Those talents, those gifts, the time that you have, the possessions. He's saying, will you trust me? And in that, as we trust him with all that we've been created to be, he has this journey of works for us to do alongside him for his kingdom. And what does that look like? Well, in one way, it doesn't look so different at all. It'll be the same talents you have, the same gifts. You know, he may call you out of where you are, but he is calling you to wherever you are, but you are with God with a very different intention. I'm here at work today because Jesus has good works for me to do in this place, to shine his love, to show his love. Very similar, but it's a very different mindset And also, as you do that, it is the power of God at work in you. I I probably share this and you're like, oh, no, like I'm not capable of that. Well, if you're feeling like that, that's a good thing. But allow that to make you fall back upon God who is in you because he wants to do a greater work than you can ever think or imagine. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. I honestly believe the best life you can live, the best life I can live, is when we're in that place of saying, God, here I am. Use me, take me, use the gifts, use everything I've got for your kingdom. And there is something amazing about seeing God work in and through us, particularly to see people come to understand this message of Jesus. This weekend, we spoke to a number of missionaries in the world, and one of those was Jossie Chaka. Now, at 17-year-olds, Jossie Chaka grew up in India, and he came to Australia as a 17-year-old, and before long had fallen into this deep depression, so much so that he stood on a high-rise building, ready to, to jump. And in that moment, he cried out to God as a 17-year-old, and God took hold of his life. Later on, he went back to India, and he saw the poverty of India, and God did something. I, I love this, because when you come to Jesus, he gives you a new heart, new passions, new love for people. He saw the poverty in India, and he thought, We've got to do something about this. And Josie has this vision of 100,000 communities in South Asia being um, transformed for Jesus. And his organization, in international, there's 30,000 already. He's a 17-year-old ready to jump off a building, surrender to the God's plans in his life and just seeing incredible things happen throughout India. You know what, you know, talking about the lostness of India, he told us last night, in this, most, this holy place, he met a man who rolled on his side 3,200 kilometers, just rolling along rocks, gravel, glass, metal, rolling to this holy place. This is how lost they are. He, you, Jossie said to this man, why are you doing what you're doing? And this guy looked at him and said, I am doing this in the hope that my sins might be forgiven. Can you imagine that? Doing something like that just that so you would be forgiven? And here we are hearing tonight that the gift of God is grace towards us, that our sins will not be counted against us. Whereas there's millions of people trying in extraordinary ways, to find forgiveness. There's another couple we spoke to on Zoom, John and Jesse, who live in India under the Hindu caste system. If you've never heard of the Hindu caste system, I encourage you to look it up. But one billion people in India live under this system. It's where there's like a grading of levels of, of humanity who have different roles in society and different importance in society. And at the bottom of the rung is these people called the untouchables. They live outside of the, the, the community. No one could touch them. They are actually seen as lower than animals. It broke my heart to listen to them when they said that these people do not even um, see themselves as human. Can you imagine that? You grow up looking at everyone else and you're like, I'm not human. <laughs> and just treated like this and despised. And here John and Jesse are living with these people, serving them, loving them, educating them, and teaching them. To teach them this good news that we've heard tonight. But you know, it's not just for the John and Jesses in India and the, the Josie Chuckos, it, it's for all of us. As soon as we choose to follow Jesus, Jesus said, "'As my Father has sent me, I send you.'" Jossie Chakko hasn't been sent to UQ. <laughs> he hasn't been sent to your high school. He hasn't been sent to your workplace. He hasn't been sent to my street, to my neighbours. I've been sent there. God has sent and, and placed each of us to shine his light wherever we are in that calling, using the gifts that he's given, the passions that we've got. And I loved hearing the testimony, Stephanie McLean's testimony last week, as she shared her love for other arts and drama and, and saw herself so clearly As a missionary there, this is some of what she wrote last week. Some of you might have heard it. She said, I allowed my dream of being a performer to be all-consuming. All my time, effort, and energy was poured into it, into what I thought was my God-given calling. But in reflection, I now realized that I was focusing on my calling rather than focusing on God who had given me that calling. She said the arts is a very dark place, particularly acting, mainly because it is expected That you delve into the human condition, which is not a great place to dwell in day in, day out. And you know that, that human condition, that darkness, there's no hope in it. And she said, Currently I've felt this urgency in my spirit. The spiritual battle is very real. And I feel called to equip myself by putting on the full armor of God so I can work in the, I guess, mission field that is the arts. She got it. She's like, this is my mission field. This is where God has placed me according to my passions and my purpose. She said, I want to shine his truth in this place where there are many misconceptions about Christianity. I want to be Jesus' hope where there is so much hopelessness. I want to be God's light for everyone around me, shining his joy and love into his darkness. That's God's heart for each one of us, wherever he has placed us. And as we finish here tonight, like we are all created as uniquely as a fingerprint. No, no one has a fingerprint like you. It's a reminder that there's no one created like you that can live out the purposes of Christ. God in your life and tonight as we sing the last song I just want us to reflect on a few things for some of you as you hear that you are created uniquely especially that you are a masterpiece that might be hard for you to comprehend there's been so much hurt in your life so many lies may be spoken over your life that it's hard to really believe that God would love you and has created you per- perfectly well tonight maybe it's an opportunity for you to say well God I believe, I wanna believe your truth for my life, not the lies that I've heard. You might even have never received Jesus and you say, well, God, I see the brokenness in this world. I see the brokenness in my life. And now I understand that you have come to rescue me out of that. And if you've never put your hope and your trust in Jesus, this is a night where that sin that's held against us is taken away that deadness in our heart can be made alive, just like you may be made new in Jesus. And for others of us, that, that unique fingerprint is a reminder. That there's that same question that was there for Adam and Eve. Will you trust me? Will you trust me with your life? And tonight you see four tables around, just up the front here. Just in a moment of reflection as you sing this song, I just encourage you, if God is speaking to you, or if you wanna communicate to God and just say, well, God, here I am, use me, all my gifts, all my passion, the unique way that you've created me. There's just this map of the world, there's a cross there. I just encourage you to just come and, and there's a little ink pad, you can just place your fingerprint in there and just place it on the world. Say, God, use me. Wherever you send me, wherever I go, help me to share this love of Jesus with the people around me, people that are lost and broken, that have no idea that Jesus has come for them. As we just, let me just pray before we worship. Lord, I wanna thank you. There's not one person in this auditorium or one person that is listening to me that has not been created by you, for you, and for your purposes. And Lord, it just makes sense that if we know to know the fullness of life, it's by coming back to the Creator, by living according to the plans and purposes, the specific ways that you've created us. And so Lord, I wanna pray that you would move us and help us Lord, to trust you and to look to you. Say, Lord, your plans in my life, your will, your way in my life. God, help me just to offer all that I am that you could do something so special in my life. I'm nothing, I'm ordinary, God, but you are extraordinary. You wanna do far above what we could expect or imagine. So Lord, as we sing this song, just meet with us, speak to us, encourage us, I pray. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing this last song and just in your own time, if you'd like to do that, just respond and just in your own heart, just speak to God, cry out to God, talk to God, thank God, whatever it is you wanna do in, He's wanting
1: to do in your heart as you come and respond here tonight. Praise God. Hey, before we leave, I'm just gonna read uh, this verse to you again. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things He has planned for us long ago. And I just pray that this week, whatever you're doing, that you would just fulfil the plan, the purpose that God might have for you, even if it's the smallest thing, Uh, You know, I'm absolutely convinced in our culture today, even the smallest act of kindness can have such a big impact on a person's life. And so whatever you're doing, it could be just buying someone a coffee, but the impact that it can have. And so may you walk by your spirit this week, I pray. Let me um, pray for you before we leave and just uh, as we head out and do whatever we have to do this week. Father, we thank You again for the opportunity to gather together. Thank You for those that are online tonight. And what a great Word for us, that You have specific things that You've called us to. You've knit us together. We're uniquely created, a masterpiece in Your eyes, and You've got special assignments for us. And we thank You for that, great God. And we just pray that this week, we would be mindful of that, intentional about that, and walk in that, great God. Lead us, Holy Spirit, we pray. And may we be a blessing to the people around us, at our university, at our school, at our sporting clubs, wherever it might be in our neighbourhood. Uh, We just pray, Father, there'd be a blessing to the people around us. So we make ourselves available now. Use us this week, we pray. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. So good to have you here. So good to have you online. Join us. Book in and join us. We'd love to have you here as well. But God bless you this week. Have an awesome week and we'll see you soon. Well, thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you, we'd love to help you on the journey of faith. You can reach out to us by emailing hello at bridgman.org.au or if you have a prayer need, don't forget to email us at prayer at bridgman.org.au and we'd love to pray for you. Thanks so much for sharing with us today and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.